0: he was an ordinary cop just trying to work in a city gone mad that's when one day he found it what is this what am i looking at here is this a tank he found a tank that was the day he became tank cop i listen to me this is my tank that i am going to drive around and clean up the streets of this city I don't want to hear about it, Patinsky! You caused $600,000 worth of damage and killed seven people just to stop two perps who had a dime bag! Listen to me, Chief. Don't tread on me, or I will tread on you. Tank Cop. Tank Cop, I'm worried. I'm worried that you're, you're running yourself too thin. Well, come over here and let me tank you personally. I don't know. This, this tank cop is screwing things up for us. We I need him dead. Hello, Riser. You are about to be a shell of your former self. <laughs> tank cop, yeah! Tank cop. Directed by Pablo Francisco. Rated R for sexual situations, extreme violence, and a Scene of adult situational smoking. <laughs> Special guest appearance
1: by sitting president Ronald Reagan. Uh, we are here today to thank America's greatest hero, Tank Cop. Uh, uh, M- Mr. President, that's Nancy. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Uh, Tank Cop, thank you for all your your hard... Work. Thank you for killing a good hundred uh, suspected felons. All for the Gipper. <laughs> Remember kids, just say no. Just say, just say yes to tanks.
0: <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. My name is Michael Kelly, and uh, with us as always, the uh, gifted impressionist Nathan Bear, sir... What a what a what a treat it is to have you here in your very own home. Yes, yes, <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> this is a unique experience. It is. It is. I feel uh, you know. The, m- most of the time, I'm in one side of the house. But this time we're in uh, the other side of the house, and we I'm mean, actually in rarely... other side of the house. We've, We've been met.
0: kicked out of our
1: normal area. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, we're letting Nate's brother sleep. <laughs> yes,
0: or whatever. Or whatever.
1: So uh, <clears throat> something new. Something like to, new. Know. Like you to know, try new things, Mike. Exactly. You know. So, you know. <laughs> uh, the body <laughs> has needs. I'm going to stop you there
0: and say that. Look out, Nathan. That shard of wood shooting at your face is uh the splintering of the bottom of the barrel that we are scraping of the toho vault yeah uh because today we are reviewing
1: battle in outer space and Yawg Monster from Space? Yeah, two movies which I'm pretty sure we've mentioned on shows or uh, if any of you were at our uh, uh, <clears throat> theatrical screening of Mothra will remember that we have actively talked about not reviewing these. Yes. Um, however, we both came to the conclusion that they're not gamma films and therefore uh, really no reason uh, not to. Yeah, um, we we decided we could to get sink lower. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, yeah, we we decided to get over ourselves, and you know, recently there's been a whole new level of Toho that has been opened up to me. Mostly the television stuff, and I've realized not that we're going to review any of that, but just there are other avenues that we could explore. Uh, we could go lower than this, and seeing as these were actually theatrically released, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we may as well talk about them. Uh, technically. You know, some of the monsters from, um, Yog Monster from Space, have sort of crossed over into Godzilla
1: territory. The turtle, uh...
0: Yes, the Kamibas.
1: Has or a Camoeba, appearance as alternately known. in Tokyo SOS, yes. where it is seen dead, with its uh, throat ripped out. Yes. Throttled, if very, you Very, very bizarre appearance yeah. there. Yeah. Which... It's a nice, uh, cameo, kind of like, uh... I think that was one of like uh, I don't know it's a Peter O'Toole's like last uh, big films. He was like in a film where he played a guy who plays like corpses. Yeah. So this is like his swan song. This yeah. is Kamiba's. Uh, yeah. You know that was his last role. And G-
0: Gizora, who's the kiss lipped cuttlefish, yeah. which is just a very nice name, uh, is is one of the. Enemies from Godzilla Monster of Monsters from the Nintendo Entertainment System that is the first monster that you fight. And, of course, if anyone knows about how that particular game is laid out, you end up having to fight him, like, seven or eight times.
1: It's a very annoying game. And that's only to have the privilege, the honor, of fighting Varan. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that game. That's that's uh, you know, if we ever get around to doing an episode about video games, we we can talk about that more fully. Yeah, with rusty razor blades at hand. So, anyways, um, yeah. So these guys, you know, they've been around. And Battle in Outer Space is is sort of has even less connection. I mean, some of the spacecraft in Battle in Outer Space show up from time to time in sort of the extended Toho. Uh, universe they're featured again in uh Godzilla Monster of Monsters. Yeah. Um some very deep cuts in that video game. Yeah. And uh, you know, sort of like the fighters. The the actual spacecraft themselves the alien fighters look a lot like Tostitos Nacho Rounds. Yeah. Um they're very they're very you know, like small, compact, very efficient. And yet Wavy at the same time. Wavy. And you could... If you just tipped them the right way, you could get salsa. Just the right amount of salsa. Uh, being careful not to be a salsa hog. But, um... Yeah. You know, mostly wanted to talk about these movies because they are directed by Inshira Honda. And they've got some yeah. good stuff in them. And they have odd connections. They do have... We found out... We watched... <clears throat> neither Nate nor myself had ever seen either of these movies before and um and they they have qu- they could almost be sequels to one another yeah um because of and i don't know if that's just because of laziness on the writers part or like maybe they were just unaware of the movies themselves but the alien forces have almost identical m.o's in yeah. these
1: movies the only difference is battle in outer space they don't have any um they, they don't have uh, kaiju. But it's almost as if the monsters in Battle of Outer Strip Space decide, like, oh, well, we have to regroup. We have to do something even crazier. Right, exactly. To take over this planet. We have to, we have you know.
0: to, uh, a cuttlefish. Yes. Kislip
1: cuttlefish. Kisslip cuttlefish.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. And Gazora is featured in the opening crawl of, um, Godzilla Final Wars. Yes. So you know there is some some overlap there there's some overlap more so than say cloverfield so yeah <laughs> i guess by rights we we should talk about these movies so our 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 first film uh this evening is is battle in outer space
1: a uh, spiritual sequel i guess to um you know uh, the mysterians i guess right. the same way uh supposedly uh, everybody wants some is i guess a spiritual sequel to dazed and confused precisely same thing with like how
0: zombies ate my neighbors on super nintendo was mm-hmm. then followed up by ghoul patrol the little scene ghoul patrol little little played uh uh-huh. uh ghoul patrol both produced by lucas arts mm-hmm. so both excellent games yeah but and you know this sort of that 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 weird semi sequel thing where it's like it's you know we we're not calling it this but it is it is this yeah so um yeah the but, but a series of of striking things right off the bat in battle from outer space yeah
1: it opens with uh, essentially the this big uh, communication satellite presumably the same one in the Mysterians. Uh, that's hovering in outer space is attacked.
0: It looks like, it looks like version 2.0.
1: Yeah. From that. Cause it looks bigger.
0: Cause the one in the Mysterians was then used as, as stock footage in, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. At least the yeah. American cut. Yeah. So this one's a slightly bigger model, but it's like the same design.
1: Which makes it a little insane, the fact that this is our opening sequence, this big uh, station getting attacked and destroyed. Right. You know, they put up a fight. Right. um, Which is good to know that they, they launched into space, presuming that eventually that would happen. Yeah Um, Unfortunately That's the the other thing
0: This movie was made in 1959 But takes place And it takes place In the distant year Of 1965 Yes And they are presuming Quite a bit Of technological advancement Even if we go from Like the end Of the Mysterians Yeah Like they never go into outer space. in The Mysterians, right? Like the American no. or like the, the All, humans. Yeah, they have those big rocket ships. But those are for land-based land attacks. for land-based attacks on yeah. the on the space or on the boob. Yeah, the, the under the boob. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're, they're trying to destroy <laughs> Stephen King's Under the Boob. Um. So, like,
0: yeah. So this is within. They're they're positing that within five years we're gonna have. Space travel is no problem, and we yeah. have this giant space station, yeah. that's up, so um, you know, good for them,
1: yeah, um, the structure of um, ballon aerospace kind of works the same way it does in the Mysterians, you know uh, weird occurrences are happening in this case it's uh, people are being frozen. With uh, they're getting frostbitten, and there's also some anti-gravity stuff going on, like bridges are being well, lifted up.
0: Yeah, that's going on, and like, but let's you know, the 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 first scene is this satellite being attacked and destroyed by the uh, Natal, Natal. uh who are the bad guys in in battle from outer space or battle in outer space. Yeah, and and it's a, it's. It's a giant communication satellite. Yes. yes. I mean it yeah. communicates with Huge. outer space. It it like it's trying to see yeah. if there's anyone out there or whatever. Presumably. And presumably that goes backwards yeah. towards Earth, right? Yeah. You know like relaying information. Exactly.
1: Like you know. Part of Cuz it's 1965.
0: Right. Here's how you convey information. Step 1, gather the information. Step 2, relay that information. This is how that's how that's how it works. It's a two-step process. Yeah. Now. Very simple. Very simple. (laughs) Clear cut. Now, in in this movie, so you've got this giant communication satellite, and it gets destroyed by the Natal. There's apparently, there's like 20 minutes of the movie on planet Earth, and no one talks about it. No one talks. At no point, people are like, hey, remember when our giant space station communication satellite was fucking destroyed by aliens? Maybe that has
1: something to do with all the weird occurrences uh, yeah. going on on our planet, but no,
0: no one even mentions it. So it's was like, was it a secret satellite? Was it like no one was supposed to know about it, or like that was very, very yeah. confusing because it's the first thing, and yeah. then there's the credits. It's like the cold open, yeah. And then it's the fr- and then fucking no one talks about it. No one, and like later on when they go into space, they find the pieces the of wreckage. But that is. A long way into... That's like 40 or 50 minutes into the movie yeah. where they finally like, and oh, like, I guess the satellite the got they are flying
1: up through it, like, these are really big ships. And they're mm-hmm. flying through this, like, Death Star amounts of, you know, Debris. Yeah. And it's... Huge pieces of Debris. And it's, <laughs> it's like, how did you not... How did nobody see a huge explosion, a huge disturbance in the force right. or something? You would have seen it you know? from, yeah, from Earth. How did none of this crash down to Earth after losing its gravity thrust, whatever? It's I like just, I just don't know. It's just like there was definitely a huge lapse in that part of the writing. I feel,
0: I feel almost as if like a couple of pages of the script got like stolen or destroyed and like no one noticed? Yeah. <laughs> or something <laughs> cuz it
1: just seems like such a boner. Anyways, um I guess we should But the UN is more concerned about uh frostbite and bridges being uh Yeah. inconveniencing trains. Uh and Um yeah, the, so the the best and the brightest have been brought in to a spiel Well, yeah, uh, we should expect science. to see with
0: the train. The, there's there's a guy... Like, the first thing we see on Earth is is a guy... Uh, apparently, his job is just to walk on train tracks and make sure they're okay. Yeah. and uh, He comforts them. He comforts them. And then, like, a flying saucer flies overhead. And he... It forces him to, like, trip over the train tracks. And then, like, the spaceship... He's on a bridge. He's on a rail bridge. And the... The flying saucer like like grabs like through that invisible energy that we do not see because it's invisible grabs the bridge just in time and lifts it up so that this incoming train misses the uh the dude the, well misses the dude but also misses the, the bridge, bridge. <laughs> and crashes and then I thought what would have you know and that which is very spectacular and everything. And I thought, like, would be really cool if, like, I just assumed that, like, once the train had crashed, it would just let go of the bridge and have that fall and crash. But then it's, like, very... It causes this scene of of terrible devastation. And then it very politely, very gingerly, like, sets the bridge, like, back in place. It's like, don't you see the damage you just caused? Just drop the bridge! Like, the damage... Yeah. It's like, what, you can't make up for it by putting, be like, oh, yeah. sorry guys. It's I think, like, who's who's controlling this fucking flying saucer, Inspector Clouseau? Yeah. Who's <laughs> like trying is, to get away
1: from it? I think this is another case where they're trying to make the aliens bad, like, they want to take over Earth, but they don't want Earth's, like, industrial complexes destroyed because they need it for their own uh, nefarious needs. I think that's even, like, used... Yeah, later in the movie, like that line, like they they need to you know plunder Earth's resources, and uh, you're going to need bridges to do that. Trains can always be rebuilt, right? Uh, but I think, yeah, I think that's what they were going for, maybe. Okay, and I guess that's why they were giving people frostbite. At yeah,
0: <laughs> um, and so we we see like a newsreel or whatever, and you see like. This is happening all over the world, and they don't have picture or they
1: don't have photographs. They have they lots have of paintings. artist renditions of uh, yeah. Because I guess
0: it was artist much, depictions of uh... much easier for artists to, to painstakingly paint these events than to just take a picture of them. Exactly, just like the Supreme Court. Exactly, and um, yeah, so they uh, they they gather the UN. A special committee on you know mm-hmm. monstering purposes and and they decide to build uh ships yeah. to go on an exploratory really venture.
1: really big ships, and they have to send them to i guess the the dark side of the moon there's a sequence where the Iranian uh ambassador dr ahmed must be is possessed yeah um and he, like, goes around causing trouble, um, and, uh, yeah, and he he tries to uh, break into the gun room. Uh, but surprisingly, for for a gun room, there isn't a lot of security. Yeah. Like, after the gun room is broken into, then everybody starts scrambling around, but you, you would think there'd be more security, <laughs> you know, to prevent that from happening in the first place. Be Apparently
0: like, the gun room is unlocked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and apparently the gun
0: room is attached to this area where they're building these SIPs or the space interplanetary something. It's S P I P S, is the name of these crafts. Spips, Spips, Spips. Uh, um, Spippy, Spippy. And, um, hey there, Spippy, why'd you hand me a rag? Make yourself useful. Oh, I'm out, Captain. Ah, Spippy, your best days are behind you, but you're still loyal. Um, And, uh, like... Apparently it's all attached, like the U.N. and this giant, like, military Hager that's building the SPIPS and yeah. the
1: gun room are all the same building. So it's like they were preparing for this for a long time. Yes. It's just like, oh, well, now we have a chance to use these toys <laughs> yeah. we've all been working Thank on. God.
0: This giant uh, military infrastructure and these two giant spaceships that we were just building. Yeah. This is
1: great timing. Yeah. <laughs> so the Iranian uh, ambassador, Dr. Ahmed, is... Uh, when, when it's revealed that he's it's not revealed that he's possessed until a moment later but he like runs towards the a spaceship that like d- disintegrates him and it leaves the only thing that somehow isn't disintegrated is like a mind control device which like the yeah, scientists immediately realize it's like well, oh this was clearly mate, used to... let's
0: not let's not gloss over that when Dr. Ahmed is cornered by like he's not just cornered by like two people he's cornered by like 50 people yeah and 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 this chase around the un complex it's like him and then like like 50 people chasing after him but the none of them they're not splitting up they're all just in this big group of people and like it's it's i don't know if it was shot this way but it's i thought it was very comedic yeah um because it's just like hey There's 50 of you guys. How about you split up? Maybe some guys go over to the spaceship where he's probably going, where he just said he was going.
1: And I'm pretty sure walkie talkies were available at this point in time, so it's not like the security. (laughs) You have an international space station. It's just like, hey, uh, can you guys on the other side of the building, you know, stop this guy from
0: reaching? Game changer. I'm just positing. Maybe this takes place in a world where the basic conduits of communication have not. Or, like, the last thing to be invented.
1: Everything is done by the post office. Right. So that was really a giant postal ship. Yeah. That, you know, it's just relaying paper messages. Everything
0: is still snail mail. Yeah. So, like, they all just had to be like, hey, stop that guy. You know, which first, I mean, can we talk, it's the guy with the turban. Like, the the, the aliens, like, take over the guy wearing the turban. Like, how...
1: Yeah. Racist that is. Yeah, I I don't know. I've seen a lot of, and remember this is before you know Khomeini took over Iran. This is before this is when the Shah was still in charge. And I don't know. I maybe there is an Iranian diplomat dressed like that. I just like if you look at many photos from Iran before Khomeini, there and even still today, men do not wear lots of headgear unless you're you know, except for like the president. Uh, the Ayatollah and like a few members of like the, the upper echelon. It just seems like like the most racist choice possible yeah. that they
0: could have made. So
1: yeah, um, like it, it's not like he's a Sikh, you know? Yeah, um, you know. In which case he'd have to wear
0: a turban. For- one of my favorite parts of the movie is when like the fifty people who refuse to surround him. By the way, like it's always like fifty people on one side being like. Dr. Ahmed, you know, drop your gun or whatever. And it's like, there's 50 of you! Circle him! (laughs) You know, encircle him! You know? Make an entourage around him. Uh, But they're always just like, there's a very clear-cut line. And then 50 people. And then him and, like, his hostage. And, like, uh, there's... What, like, the one person who has, like, independent thinking, he goes over, and so Dr. Ahmed, he has a female, like, his secretary hostage, and he's holding out a gun. Yeah,
1: a second gun.
0: A second gun, because he just, yeah, like, 30 seconds before, or like, two seconds before, he had, like, he was like, okay, guys, and he gave him their, his gun, and then he pulls out a second gun- so, and, like, they haven't restrained him at all. They're yeah. just like, all right, now, come on, give it up. Now, quit it. <laughs> you know, stop stop talking about how you're going to blow up the ships. Yeah. You know, that's crazy talk or whatever. Very, very lax, very low-key. Uh, there's no military police around. It's just, yeah. like, a bunch of guys in suits. Just be like, cut it out. Cut it out. Uh, and, yeah. like, so he, like, gives him the gun, grabs a second gun. Yeah. And grabs the, you know, his secretary. It's like, no one's going to follow me or whatever. And this guy... Hits a switch on the wall and a weight, a weight you know, on a rope descends from the ceiling and precisely,
1: like, it, precisely
0: hits his hand. Yeah, hits the gun out of his hand. And it's like, and it came down fast, yeah. it came down hard. It's like, yeah, great, good work. thing he was
1: standing in that
0: exactly. Perfect, good thing you didn't like it's not, like, the it's not like a chandelier, head.
1: it's not like a chandelier that was like established or something, it's right? Just, it was like that, you know, switch was physically added by the writer to like
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's like there was no there was no purpose for this weight yeah. to be there. I swear to God, it's like something out of a Wiley Coyote Warner Brothers yeah. cartoon. There is just a like like five hundred pound iron weight Suspended from the ceiling, yeah. and maybe it's like a heat lamp or something yeah. that we like. We don't know, but still, it's like why would you? Why would you have the ability to like just hit the button, have it released that quickly? Yeah, and again, like. This guy was very confident in that, like, it would hit his hand. It could have hit his head and exploded could've, his head. It could have hit, hit, hit the, the secretary's yeah. head and exploded her head. It could have hit any of, like, the 70 dudes around. It's like he was just sort of eyeballing it. it was, uh, oh, oh, yeah, okay. It, it, is hit, it hit his hand. It, right. Like, hit the gun out of his hand. And so then that worked. Still, he has to be chased by 50 people. Right, and then he goes out. And some and kind gets, of
1: Benny Hill, you know. You could almost oh, imagine oh, the Yakety Sax playing during the sequence. Oh,
0: I, you know, yeah, definitely a Yakety Sax worthy. <laughs> you know, if someone isn't working on the Yakety Sax edition of this of this chase, yeah. like shame on you. Now, as much, and then he goes out and gets disintegrated. As the much third.
1: as how this sequence is put together doesn't make sense, the sequence itself. The fact that a man, a character, has been possessed by aliens does make sense because it is used later in the story. Right. So that way, it isn't just "oh, by the way, we aliens can, uh, can, do, do, right. can can do this." You know that that's something we can do. Well, no, uh, I mean,
0: yeah, it makes sense organically. For, it's like this was their first; they were attempting to stop this mission before yeah. they even got off the ground, which makes sense. Yeah, um, and. You know, that that part of it is just like the, the you know, the Warner Brothers Wiley e. Coyote uh weight descending from the ceiling from a switch on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it was very and uh you know, the um the parade or whatever, I think we should mention the uh the amount of um confetti yeah. used for this. They they have like the the, the launching ceremony. Yeah. Uh, for
1: these, you know, for the two ships and, yeah. and the astronauts. And it should be mentioned that there's this well shot, but kind of fluffy, uh, love sequence between oh, yeah. female character oh. and male protagonist. And I thought it got really weird towards the end. Uh, yeah. But that is to establish the fact that their friend, um... Who is Yoshio, uh, uh who from, is
0: also in Yog.
1: Yeah, uh... Who, uh, yeah. Um, and he plays Rikichi in Seven Samurai. He, um, he's driving away after talking to his two lovebird friends. I don't know whether it's established that he likes her as well. Well,
0: let's not, let's not, you know, we we need to tell our our listeners about the weirdness of this scene, Nathan. And that is that the two lovebirds are like, canoodling and it could go from first base to second base at any second yeah. you know i know this is it's the,
1: 1965 yeah it's, it's
0: you know a shot in the 50s but this is supposed to be in the mid 60s yeah. so you know and like we know how advanced the japanese culture is already so it could things could get start getting seriously weird here yeah. and uh like five minutes into this like snuggle fest like the the there's a you hear a, a car horn honking yeah. And they turn to the left, and it's, like, this guy's best friend, and he's, like, sitting in this convertible uh, car, like, not ten feet away. Yeah. And he's, like, ha-ha. Uh, and he, I think he says, I just thought I'd watch you for a while? Yeah. Like, like, what What the hell is that all about? Yeah. I mean, it's, like... Like, we don't know how long he's been there or yeah. how long he was planning on being there. We don't know, like... He may have hit the horn by mistake because yeah. he was getting ready to do something. Yeah, well, like there, nefarious, there's nefarious. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. I think about his intentions and why he was there. The scene was he yeah. looking, you know. So there's a lot. There's a lot going yeah. on there. Like this guy, yeah. you know, is a
1: creep. Like that's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's officially weird. Yeah. Um, and it gets weirder when he drives away. He says, "Oh, I have to say goodbye to a girl or something yeah. before they all meet up at a friend's place or something." Right. Well, he's. Driving... I think he was just trying to save face. Yeah, because he'd been caught. Yeah. <laughs> so he's driving along, and not like a mile down the road, he's his car is like pulled up into the stratosphere or something, and then. The the aliens inform him that he is, like, their new servant. Right. And they will use him for their nefarious needs. He has been... He is uh, he's one of them now. He is one of them now. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, then they get to the launch sequence. And there's a John Ford amount of pomp and circumstance. <laughs> like, John... I guess maybe that's because Honda, Sekizawa... You know, in that generation, Kurosawa. All these people were probably raised on Ford films, and in Ford films, there is a lot of extra pomp and circumstance that doesn't necessarily add to the plot. It just adds to the atmosphere. Like if you watch like um, movie, like I don't know, uh, Ford Apache. There, there's like a, a square dancing sequence with all the officers and the ladies. You know, just you know, doing a, a very proper period dance it doesn't really add to the plot it's just part of the atmosphere and i think right. that's why that was there it just it just seems so out of place at the same time well it's
0: just sort of like hurry up
1: yeah it's like, <laughs> well, hurry like up. get to, to space yeah get to because we, we it's like, want we want to see
0: this battle in outer space it's it's battle yeah. in outer space not and, parade on earth
1: yeah the and uh, <laughs> this movie does do this kind of tantric tease throughout, where it's, like, really trying... Like, the Mysterians had a lot of action throughout. throughout yeah. This is, like, definitely trying to, uh, you know, titillate, tease, and yeah. uh, and then eventually uh, unload. Right, right. Um, well, the destruction climax. at the end of
0: this movie is fucking insane. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But, like, um, yeah, just, you know, th- this... The, the, the outside of this, um, where, where they're showing this parade of, like, the astronauts getting ready to go on the ship, uh, was right outside of the newly completed facade of the Olympic Stadium that they were preparing for the 1964 Olympiad in Japan. Yeah. So, and it looked, at the time, it looked slightly futuristic. Yeah. So, they were trying to, like, show it off. You know, so like I understand, they're like, "Oh, look at this new building in Japan, and uh, we'll have uh, you know, like a giant two hundred piece orchestra, and like enough confetti to choke." Uh, what's his name? That guy who always not wavy gravy, but that guy who's always showing up with like things, and he's Gallagher, not Gallagher. I wish Gallagher was <laughs> in this movie. Rip-torn? No, not ripped torn Anyways. Charles Nelson <laughs> Riley. Charles uh, Nelson Riley. Riley. <laughs> you know, enough confetti and streamers to choke a donkey. And I, I became very concerned that the amount of confetti that were hosing out of the ground was going to cause the convertibles that they were all driving to the spaceships to crash and burn. I'm like, this yeah. is... You know, are the aliens in charge of the confetti? Because, like, be? they're, they're not going to be able to see where they're going. Uh,
1: and... But no, they make it...
0: They make it to the... They make
1: it to the very large spaceships. There are
0: two. Right. This is where things begin to get amazing. Because during the takeoff of the ships... Like, they understood that G-forces would come into... Like, even though no one had actually been in, like, a, a, a spacecraft uh that had broken the surface other than like monkeys or whatever at this point and in 1959 I'm no, think, a little unclear I think like, this is a little
1: yeah this is like right after Gagarin and uh uh the redhead whoever we had um had been to space but we hadn't been to the moon yet Yes that's we it. hadn't been to the moon so, so they they knew g forces yeah. were
0: were a part of taking off Yeah but they didn't quite know how to depict that so there's literally a close up of one of the astronauts like you see in movies like people with their faces like smeared backwards and like bent back pushed yeah. back from the g forces there's literally a scene in this movie where as they're taking off a guy is just taking his two hands and applying them to the side of his face and then pulling back on his face to do that effect so it's like yeah if a 5 year old was told, hey, let's make a movie about space. And there's like, look at me. My face is getting scrunched from the G-forces. You know, it's like the same level of... Yeah. uh, It's like, yeah, of course your face is scrunched back like that because you're doing it yourself. We can see your hands. (laughs) You know, when it's really happening, you don't need to use your hands (laughs) because it's just happening. Don't be afraid to use your hands, boss. (laughs) Because the G-forces are doing it. Uh, That's amazing. And then once they get into orbit... um, One guy undoes his seatbelt or whatever and, like, you know, detaches from the seats and then floats up to the ceiling. And they're like, now be careful, Bill. Remember, there's no gravity in space. And he's like, oh, I forgot. As, As if... For the constructs... And then he comes back down to the floor and then everyone takes off their belts and they're all just walking around. And that's the only time in the whole movie they talk about there's no gravity. As if the construct of gravity is somehow a psychosomatic. Yeah. It's all in your head. Exactly. If if you're just concentrating on on like, oh, I want to walk on the floor, then you'll do that? Like it's riding a bike or something? That's not how gravity works. (laughs) You know? It's like, just remember there's... You know, we have to walk on the floor and then you can, you know, it's just like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, here's what I want. I wanted one line about, oh, magnetic boots are keeping us. Yeah. Racketed to the floor. And maybe there is, maybe they say something like that in the Japanese version. We watched the dubbed version. So they probably do say something like that. Yeah because uh, they leave no stone unturned or whatever, but uh, at least in the English dub from our good friends at Columbia Pictures, yeah. nothing. nothing. It's just like, oh, just remember, there's no gravity, so just concentrate on walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? Use the force. <laughs> uh, again, like a five-year-old is. She's like, oh, just be careful, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll, it'll be like normal.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. The best and the brightest being sent to space. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh guy from Seven Samurai, um, uh, it's clear that uh it's time for him to uh work on his nefarious purposes. Um this is all happening while they're passing through the wreckage. Right. The and Libras, finally, uh,
0: like forty minutes ago, yeah. oh the giant communication yeah. <laughs> satellite
1: <laughs> went kablooey. I guess got destroyed
0: two months ago. Yeah.
1: Whoops that that explains
0: why we haven't been hearing from them actually that actually that's very succinct we all just assumed that all their communications got cut off because yeah. they ran out of power and we were just leaving them for dead
1: so uh p- guy who's been possessed Rikichi uh goes uh, to the engine room, which I believe you mentioned, looked a lot like the engine room from JJ Abrams Star Trek, yeah. where it's like clearly like a beer brewery. Uh, <laughs> this is a brewery that has been <laughs> right. converted into a space uh, engine, and he's going around like, uh, un, you know, un, you know, opening the filters or whatever um, for the, uh, you know. Turning the pale ales into India <laughs> right. pale ales. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, which, uh, will apparently make the engine explode. So, uh, one, one, uh, co intervenes and it's not like, it's like, are you crazy? And like. Punches him. It's just like, oh, hey, what what are you doing? That'll that'll make the ship right. explode, you, right. know, and, and, you know. And <laughs>
0: exactly, and and
1: uh, Yoshio
0: Tsuchiya, uh is definitely acting like a robot. He's definitely yeah. acting like someone who's possessed, yeah, by the aliens that they are clearly fighting, yeah. And again, this other guy tries to like reason with him and be like hey like is something bothering you yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like why, why don't you tell me what's up Frank? it's, yeah. it's like how you would
1: talk to before a co-worker. you blow up the ship before exactly you uh before you uh
0: it, it's it's how you would approach yeah. a tired looking coworker and be like is everything all right phil yeah. <laughs> you know it's like no you just fucking tackle the guy and hit him over the head with a wrench exactly <laughs> you know like He's he's about to blow up the engine to the yeah. ship, you know,
1: or make a very nice porter. Well,
0: uh. Exactly, you know, like
1: <laughs> you know, it's hard to tell in that uh, that brewery engine room. You're
0: gonna ruin this batch of bells overrun <laughs> if you keep if you keep cranking those shafts. So they uh, they tie him up. There's a minor skirmish with some of the Tostitos rounds, uh, chips, I mean, uh, alien spacecraft. Yeah. And um, it, it looks good, and it's well executed. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's not the most exciting dogfight, you know, but pre-Star Wars. Yeah. And even pre-2001, A Space Odyssey, it does not look bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it, you know, there, there's a there's a scene where they fire a space rocket or, so, like, the aliens fire some sort of missile or something and they have to, like, they dodge it just in time by having the, the side thrusters.
1: Hit. Yeah.
0: And it's actually a well, yeah, like, filmed and choreographed piece
1: of action, yeah. you know, and that holds up. Yeah, and it's like, look, I love Star Trek, but there, you know, were several episodes where it was just, like, a picture of the Enterprise right. and they just drew a beam and Yeah, and this effect. is still like, four
0: is, years away yeah. from... Like Star Trek, I believe, is sixty three, or wait, this year is sixty years of Star Trek, right? I think so. So sixty six then, right? Sixty six, something like that. And it didn't even become popular until the seventies. Right. Or fifty it's, years of Star Trek because this yeah, is yeah, like, be
1: fifty. Years yeah, of Star so
0: Trek. yeah, Star Trek is still seven years away yeah. at this point. So, so like, you know, they 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 were doing fine. Yeah. Um, and but like, there's this little like you know. Dogfight fight with the with the two sort of big ships it's not much of a dog fight it's more like um, whatever they're they they just they they help they hold their own against um yeah with these heat ray guns oh we forgot about the heat ray gun demonstration which is clearly where George Lucas got the imagery for Star Wars when the the internal workings of the death star yeah like when the whenever the guys like you may fire when ready and you see the
1: two guys like yeah. holding their yeah, ears exactly you know? and that
0: giant green laser go
1: through that like sort of yeah.
0: cylinder looking thing that looks that, like that's how like you truly know how
1: evil the empire is because those two guys are there next to this giant beam they're not even given like earmuffs <laughs> yeah no earmuffs. it's just like there's no health insurance Yeah. <laughs> that's the true mark of evil right exactly like you two gentlemen will be here you're on charge of <laughs> safety inspection and you won't get MF. right
0: <laughs> and they they have a heat ray gun uh demonstration in, in this movie that is exactly that shot
1: yeah
0: um so like it's it's pretty clear cut to me um uh, that that's where George Lucas got that yeah. from. Well, he was um, probably watching that. Oh, I'm the, sure he was. He, he probably
1: was watching this film on a double bill with Guns of Navarone. It was just like, what if we uh, mixed a two of these movies together? Well, this
0: movie was released on a double bill. I forget what the name of the other movie... I think it was like To the Moon on a Whim or something. Moon no, 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 on no. a Whim. Um, but anyway... Which is kind of but, the but plot but of this one we, we have <laughs> to assume George Lucas saw this. Yes. Um, and was like, oh... That will go into my weird thing that I'm thinking about right now. Um, but anyways, so they, they they you know, fend off the, the spaceships. Uh, and then they land on the moon, which is a pretty cool little sequence. It's all a lot of, like, side thrusters and rear thrusters, like, lining up meticulously the descent of the two ships. And it takes a while. And it's one of those sequences that's, like, you can tell it was, like, very very exciting in nineteen fifty nine, but now, you know, it's you're just sort of like, okay, yeah, this is the part where they land. Um the 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 actual mechanism for them getting to the surface of the moon is like this weird, almost like um like a construction elevator like you would see on like a crane or
1: or something. Yeah. Or, or like more like a game of mouse trap. Yeah. I mean it's they're trying to I think, you know, and even though this predates like 2001 by a good like eight years, eight, nine years, it's, and the the moon landing by the same amount of time. I think, you know, it's a time where they're trying to sell space. They're trying to sell the logic of it, the vastness of it on as small budget as possible. And I think this was also a better way of showing them leaving the ship then having them just climb down a cartoonishly large ladder. Right. It's like... Which okay. is
0: where they were at by the time you get to Monster Zero. Where yeah. They where they're just like, fuck it. Let's fuck just have yeah. them
1: go down. We're making five of these a year. <laughs> right. Just have them come down a goddamn ladder. Uh, but in this, they're like trying to sell... You know, like when they land on the moon, they like make it clear, like gravity is playing some part... You know, no one's ever landed on the moon before. We, they're now the first human beings to land at, you know, the slow process of, you know, doing it just right so they don't crash uh, into the surface of the moon. So they they, they they go onto the moon.
0: They leave Akiwara, who is the possessed guy, tied up, not very securely tied up, uh, to one of the seats inside the spaceship, which, and, and basically I, it's... It looks like he's just on his own inside the ship, which is not where you'd want to leave a guy who just tried to blow up the ship. Yeah. It's
1: like, (laughs) that's, you know, not a
0: great strategy I mean, I'm not saying
1: taking him with them was a preferable idea, but just leaving him on the ship, which he just tried to blow up with, like, one person who's not even watching him. Yeah. Who's just reading off
0: the things he's supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah. You know? Uh, not great strategy you there. I, th- I feel That's like not how, if I, if we went to our place of work and we just read off what we were supposed to do instead of like doing it, right. uh, it's, it's not the same thing. Right. There, there's a difference.
0: I think the sophistication of these kinds of movies eventually got like, if this movie was made 10 years later, it'd be like, Oh, let's take this guy along. So, cause he can be a conduit between the aliens and us. And yeah. Like we can use him to communicate or whatever. Yeah. But not in this one. They're just like, oh, he's possessed by the aliens that are clearly trying to kill us. Well, let, you know, let's just keep him over here. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Let's charge up our heat guns. They all have like what looked like proton packs from Ghostbusters. They all mm-hmm. have like the heat guns. Yeah. Um, Don't cross the streams. And um, so yeah, that's that's happening. And um, they have a like a space tank. Two. Um. They brought yeah. They brought two tanks for tanking purposes to space, but they look more like uh dog dachshunds
1: or like the the wiener dogs. Yeah, the <laughs> wiener dogs that have like a a, a top turret like yeah. on like a yeah. the uh like on a you know a flying fortress yeah. like a B twenty nine. You know they they have like a, a closed like top yeah. gun, and um, uh, they, they so each ship.
0: Their astronauts get into their, uh, you know, space cars. Yeah,
1: and, and they drive around for a while. And then, oh, by the way, we can also fly right. in these. Right, this just is, in uh, case they get to the, a hilly area yeah. or whatever. This is probably the inspiration for Atragon. It's just like, you know, a submarine just isn't enough. Right. A submarine with a big fucking drill isn't enough. It has to fly as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> so they... Um, they make their way over
0: to this mountain where it's determined that the alien stronghold is via uh, scientists making vague proclamations. Yeah,
1: uh, like that must be where their stronghold is because it's the closest mountain. Yeah. to us. So this <laughs> is being cross-cut with like they uh, un they disembark like except for like one of the guys who's like stays behind at the tank. They go in the one one i think there are two women but one of the only women on this mission goes into a cave by herself and is attacked by the natals right uh who like their weapon of attack is i guess you know just their hands they just you yeah, know oh, just, we're gonna feel yeah. you to death yeah uh they, and that's cross cut they,
0: they lightly bat at people yeah. with their
1: hands <laughs> just uh uh, uh <laughs> yeah go away and, uh... Um...
0: It's like they're doggy paddling. It's yeah. Like, it's like when you throw, like, a six-year-old into a pool. Not that I do that. <laughs> but if you were to, like, throw a six-year-old into a pool... Theoretically. Theoretically. If I was to go to a public swimming pool and just grab a child who doesn't know how to swim and throw him into the pool, and he was like, oh! And he was just, like, doggy paddling or yeah. whatever just to, to to not drown. That's what the Natal... Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of... They just sort of... They just kind of like bat
1: their yeah. hands.
0: It's like, don't be afraid to use your nails, boys. Type thing where it's just like... Yeah, it would take a while yeah. for them to even hurt you. Let yeah. alone kill you. They're not... You could just sort of go up and put... Because like, she she gets surrounded by like... I don't know, 20? Yeah. Think, of like these guys?
1: And she has a gun.
0: And She has a gun. She does not use. And the boyfriend... Uh, that was canoodling with her earlier comes in and he just kind of pushes the Natal out of the way. He's like, "Just come on, and get then while out of they the way." To gang up again,
1: he just fucking murders them. Right, with right. his it's death like, ray. It's like, come on, you enough. Get off
0: her. You know, just uh, not. It's not anything like you know. You think in a movie it's like one guy taking on like twenty of these alien things would yeah. be like a crazy fight. no, it's just sort of like. You know, give it a rest. He yeah. just sort of like shoves him out of the way, grabs her, and it's just like knock it off,
1: basically, yeah. is, the, is the general sentiment of it. And this is being cross-cut with the fact that uh, uh dude from Seven Samurai breaks free of his very
0: impromptu yeah. and not efficient, or not sufficient yeah. restraints that they've put him in. He kills by hitting, I mean, he, he hits He knocks his guy out. out. And this guy, it should be said, he's just looking at um a computer readout screen and just being like air check gravity check jets check like he's just saying everything that's on the ship over and over again and just saying check after it it's like i want to know how long he's been doing that because he's saying it out loud yeah but uh, sadly, we'll never know because Iwamura just n- comes up behind him and hits him in the head with a wrench, yeah. knocking him out, and then leaves the
1: ship. Leaves the ship. And explodes. And it explodes and blows it up. So this is being cross-cut with uh, then the the uh, the rest of the crew finding the uh, finding the I guess a mothership or the base, uh, and the aliens are. Start giving their uh, you know threats again. You should not have come here. And they immediately start blasting it with a, a beam, and a kind of a beam fight goes on where yeah. like they're shooting beams at it. It sh- they're hitting it. It shoots beams at them, but it misses, and it but it hits like the rocks. the rocks around them. So it's clear like that they're trying to kill it with before the rocks crush them. Right. And then, uh, the one guy who is back at the tanks uses the hover tank, flies up, actually like pretty smart, like they're, the rest of the crew is just kind of like sitting in this one spot, you know, getting rocks thrown on them. <laughs> right. whereas like the guy in the tank is actually using the hover ability of the tank wisely. He's like popping up, shooting, going behind the rocks. It's one, a much better yeah, strategy. Much, much better. Uh, eventually it blows up. Um. And the alien spaceship blows up, yeah, the alien spaceship blows up, and they go back onto the tanks, they drive back, and there's this nice little um kind of land and dog fight, I guess where like the the tanks i forget they go from like flying to also like on yeah. the ground as well, and uh while trying to get back to their ships, which they believe are both perfectly intact, the alien you know. Tostitos fighters uh, swarm in and they use like the top guns to efficiency, you know, because yeah, they good. get a good, you know, radius the of turret uh, guns, yeah. Occasion. Which brings up the point, you know, there, there was nothing on the bottom. Like, if they had just come from the bottom, they could have, you know, opened up. It's best not it's to like think a Lancaster. About these remember, remember those? No, World no one knows. Lancaster bombers? Yeah, anyway. No one knows <laughs> what you're talking about, Nathan. I, I'm assure, I assure you. <laughs> um,. But yeah, so uh, they they win uh, to further the plot, and then they, find they get back
0: to, and they find that the yeah. ship has exploded. Yeah, and,
1: and, I, and I meanwhile won, I wore I your is no longer crazy. He realizes right before he's about to because they turn, blew up the ship. The they blew up the ship. ship. Yeah, that, they that blew broke up, the psychic yeah. connection because he was in the other ship about to uh, dump their uh, beer, right. uh, and ruin a, a prep. Potentially a pretty good stout. Uh, <laughs> all right, that, that was going to be a really good stout if yeah. uh, you know, if only he hadn't you know adjusted the yeast. Save uh, Joe twice <laughs> is nice. Exactly. I, I hear what you're saying, uh, buddy. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I know all about making beer. Anyways, uh, so he decides not to be crazy and instead does the honorable thing. He um, goes to a mountain and shoots at the spacecraft that are shooting at the main crew while they try and get onto the ship, and he sacrifices himself. Um, Very honorable. Though, yeah, even though it really wasn't his fault. Um, but he was a perfect, so had to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the real reason
0: why in the screenplay they're like, hey, he was watching his best friend and... Girl, like potentially potentially engage engage in in hot canoodling, yeah, uh, you know, heavy petting. So he's got (laughs) he has to die,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and thankfully, the aliens blast him, yeah, and vaporize him. Otherwise, that would have been a very lonely, terrible, yeah, uh, Twilight Zone style death on the moon by himself. But luckily, you know, his honorability is paid off in death, immediate death, in, in a heroic. Very there's a lot of valor, you know, in his in his sacrifice, and he provides enough cover for them to get into the spacecraft, take off, and uh return fire and destroy the rest of the Tostitos chips. And um go back to Earth. And uh as soon as they get back to Earth, there's just a
1: series of montages about the that. world coming together. To create... like,
0: finally the world realizes that this... Like, again, it's like an hour and ten minutes into an hour and twenty-eight minute movie where the world's like, oh, aliens are attacking us!
1: Yeah, I
0: mean... (laughs) Because remember, those first two ships was like an exploratory venture just to
1: see what was
0: going on. It it wasn't like, we're at war with the
1: aliens. It's like, we're trying to see what... But this last... I mean, it works well because, you know, the last, you know... 15 minutes of this movie have enough blue screen to alleviate our uh, action blue balls right. that have been tantrically teased throughout this entire film. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. so, but the sweet release is pardon the pun coming. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah. Various montages of all the world leaders coming together to build like the, you know, the world X-Wing. Uh, Fighter force. They just look like jet fighters yeah. <laughs> that can operate in space. So, um
0: and what you get is so you have the montage of like factories from the 50s, like making steel plates into like then that is then cut in with like the Toho like models of like the spacecrafts already kind of being made, and and then you have the blast off sequence, which I guess happens in Paris, Texas, and mm-hmm. Tokyo. Those three yeah. countries, not Paris, Texas. I know. That yeah, not right. Paris, not Texas. Paris, yeah. Texas. <laughs> <But like laughs> not Paris, Like the parent, like France, whatever, yeah. the United States, and Japan, and they they all have these like looks like they're emptying out their missile silos, but it's really the spacecrafts like shooting up <laughs> easy, and uh, and then yeah, okay, so you it's the climax. They have the they're, they're shooting at the Tostitos rounds, which are now. Uh, Carrying a mothership with them, um, that they fail, and the mothership does make it down to the surface of the Earth. Like yeah. a lot of the fighters get blown up, yeah. most of them. But you would
1: think if it was called the Battle in Outer Space, everything would be settled up there. Not so. No. <laughs> and we're introduced to some heat rays, which had well, yeah. never been established yeah, earlier yeah. in the movie.
0: I, and it's like, and it is the only thing, by the way, that defeats these things, is, is these giant heat rays. Uh, that
1: weren't in space
0: They were not in space so like it was almost like to trick them into coming down to the surface of the earth with these rocket ships so we could kill them with the big heat rays that's fine whatever uh, the the point is is that the this, this mothership thing um, well first of all they send down space torpedoes that nail New York City and then also the Golden Gate Bridge yeah and those destruction sequences are pretty good. Yeah. But then the mothership comes down and um to Tokyo and uses a gravity weapon um that just takes buildings and rips them off the ground and then throws them back down into the ground. Yeah. Very much like Man of Steel. Yeah. Except this is 1959, but like,
1: and there's more concern over civilians. Uh. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but like, so and and it, it's the quote, destruction sequence is very very impressive. Yeah, um, and you know, like, definitely great Tsuburaya special effects going on here, and and really these these sequences are. You know, if you haven't seen... If you like Godzilla movies and you have not seen Battle in Outer Space, this is the reason why to see it. Because they do some great stuff with, like, the buildings getting destroyed in the background. Destroying and, the
1: Cinerama Dome. Yeah.
0: And in the foreground, you've got, like, like, Japanese Defense Force guys getting sucked off the ground. Like, Rodan-style or whatever, but even going even crazier than that. So, there's some pretty awesome stuff here. And then... Uh, yeah, these, these, the, the, you know, Earth uses the heat rays or whatever to, uh, to blow up, um, these, these things. The, the, like, they blow up the Tostitos rounds, like <laughs> the little, the little flying alien fighters, spacecrafts, and then two of the heat rays kind of cross the streams and, and combine their strengths and blow up the mothership. Yeah. And as soon as the mothership is destroyed... Like, somehow, like, one of the pilots is back in the UN, like, meeting room being like, oh, man, that sure was a difficult alien invasion, but uh listen, I've got to go catch my flight back to America, so if you guys are all done here, this is my wife and my little kid, Billy, we we actually have to be going Yeah, now. Like, not two minutes after the mothership yeah. is destroyed, it's like... You know, maybe can we take a second to mourn the dead, or like make sure the aliens are actually defeated. What if
1: he was from New York? There's nothing left. Yeah, Exactly. Well,
0: I mean, they they get a telefax. It's like, hey, there's no more enemy activity. It's like, okay, there's no more alien activity for now. Let's give it uh, conservatively two hours. You know, I'm not saying like stay there another month, but like. Let's just double. Let's double check that yeah. fact. That fact may have been sent by a possessed person. You know, we know the aliens can do that. Yeah. Let's inst- instead. It's like within five minutes of that mothership blowing up, it's like complete disarmament.
1: Yeah,
0: it's like well, we're not going to need these giant <laughs> heat rays anymore. Scrap them, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone's like, yeah, freeze frame, and then the the, the and yeah. Toho logo comes off. It's just like okay, like.
1: Well, premature. Yeah, but uh, you know, a fun film nonetheless. It's it's got its moments. Yeah. Um,
0: and apparently it's a sequel to the Mysterians. Yeah.
1: Although they never mentioned the Mysterians. No. Yet. And you've got half the, especially the Caucasian actors who are in the Mysterians playing different UMP. Like the one of the Americans is now Canadian, who also then turns into one of the fighter pilots. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah you know i mean i guess you know dr ahmed was you know not just a un representative he was also a doctor so i guess if he could have like dual roles i guess it's not that strange to have a canadian ambassador who then turns into a pilot there are many yeah
0: there are many things in heaven and earth ratio that're not dreamt of in your philosophy <laughs>
1: Yog, Monster from Space, aka the Space Amoeba. Space Amoeba. Is a uh, wacky, crazy, adventure ish film that kind of uh works with Battle in Outer Space. It could There's be a, a sequel. Yeah, yeah, it could
0: be a sequel. It's as much. I would say it's as much, if not more so, a sequel. To Battle in Outer Space, then Battle in Outer Space is a sequel to the Mysterious. Yes. Because you have several things coinciding here. Both Battle in Outer Space and Yog Monster from Space have aliens that are affected by sub zero temperatures. They're mm-hmm. very cold. And they so they so heat is used against them to yeah. like you know hurt them. Yeah. And also <clears throat> at points in both films, human beings are possessed. By uh, said aliens, and um, and that is represented by the humans going into a trance, and then we as the audience, and presumably the humans that this is happening to, yeah. hear this sort of loud, booming voice being like, you are one of us now, and you will do as we say. Yeah, You must abandon all earthly emotions. Almost word for word. Yeah. You know, so like... It's it's very much... It could just be a sequel. To, yeah. You know, so... Um, battle in
1: Outer Space 2. Yeah. Um, which... Uh, Boogaloo.
0: Some people say there was a Battle in Outer Space 2 when they call it, like, War in
1: Space from 1977. A little different. But though. a little different. And that was directed by Fukuda. That was more... See, Battle in Outer Space is one of the movies that inspired Star Wars, whereas... War in Space, I'm pretty sure, was more or less... Cash-in. Cash-in. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like, oh, what? They're doing this in America? We need to get... Right, Yeah, right, right. Let's we, polish we, off
0: the Gotango. Yeah. And let's... Get let, money. Let's get a weirdo BDSM Chewbacca with an axe. Yeah. And let's get funky. That's, that's war in space. Yeah. Which, again, conspicuously came after Star Wars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, not not so that way. People would you know look at the marquee, get confused, and uh, see "War in Space" and not "Star Wars." No, 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 no.
0: If you want to have a good time, just drink a couple beers and watch the trailer for "War in Space." Yeah, uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about "Yog Monster from Space." So uh, much like "Battle in Outer Space," this film was uh, directed by uh, Ishiro Honda. Although in the credits for Battle and Outer Species again he's called Inishiro Honda. Yeah. Uh common mistake. Uh, you know, Tanaka producing um, Seki Zawa did not write Yaw he, no. he wrote Battle in Outer Space and you can tell because it's pretty yeah. tightly plotted But the,
1: the writer had not done any other kaiju films he had done a few monster movies uh, including like the Dracula's Blood series or whatever right. he wrote like one or two of their scripts and then wrote some television afterwards so he was I guess a prolific writer just probably not a good writer yeah. he just you know, he got it done yeah. Which, by the 70s, is uh, what Toho and many of the other uh, uh, movie uh, studios were doing at that time. We just, we have to get it done. We don't care whether it's a monster well, movie or yeah. a pink film. it It's, 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 it's
0: interesting, because this is, Yogg is, like, 1970, right? Yeah. So, so a like... A year
1: before Hedera.
0: A year before Hedera, and you can tell and it, and Yawak was also the final so like the final toho science fiction epic if you can call it epic uh that was made under the old studio system with the contracted actors and that's why you get people like kenji sahara uh as obata
1: showing up yeah
0: when otherwise i don't think he would yeah. be in a movie this terrible. <laughs> yeah. Because
1: remember, after Edora, the heteronormity of uh, of the uh, cast uh, changed. Uh, yeah, that's a weird... That's a word. Uh, anyways, uh, because that's why, like, in kaigan and Megalon, you get actors that's just like, I, I'm not used to seeing these actors before. Where right. did you find them? And you go on their IMD page, and they were only in, like you know, 10 other movies. It's, like, compared to, like, the, uh, the rigorous amount of films that each of the previous, uh, generation of actors had to be in every year. Precisely. Um. Just to, just to make rent. they had to, to yeah. be in
0: four of these pictures per year.
1: Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it is kind of a, a swan song, uh, a, uh, a rather, you know, large swan song, um. There's not really much to say. It's one... This is... It, as much as we could talk about it, it's really a film you have to see to believe, because uh, we barely believe we just saw it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got... It's got Tetsuo Tori. Yeah. From Monster Zero.
0: And that's not the character's... That's not the guy's actual real name. No. But, but the, uh, that's what he's known as. Yeah. Right? I think it's a Kira Kobu. Something like
1: that. The toy maker. The toy maker. But he's a journalist in, the, in yeah. this, and he he's has also a crush. the main
0: dude in Destroy All Monsters.
1: Yeah. So he, he
0: was doing pretty well around this point.
1: And he has a crush in this film with uh on Japanese Sybil Shepherd. I'm just gonna call her that. Um Yeah, but they're
0: very much just sort of, you know, kind of filling in the uh there's not much to these characters. No. uh, There's not much to the plot. There
1: isn't. Uh, And I do feel like, at some point, they must have been, the writer must have been looking at Battle in Outer Space and being like, okay, how can we make this cheaper? Um, It it does feel like it's sort of the I give up movie. Yeah. The Toho experience. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's probably what led to them taking a gamble on Hedera because of the fact that they didn't know how to please audiences anymore. You see... In the 50s, because of the censorship changes, like, the all the old directors and the, the middle-range directors uh, were able to unleash all this pent-up, like, stuff they couldn't talk about during the military dictatorship. Um, so, just, like, this release of, like, great films. And at the end of the 50s, the studios were looking at France, and they were like, okay, young people are making movies for young people. And we in Japan, due to our economic miracle, now have like, uh, you know, a middle class. We have the Sun Tribe, which are like youths, you know. Youths who, you know, can afford to just tan and do nothing but spend daddy's money at our movie theaters. We need to cash in on that. So you get Oshima uh, and a whole bunch of other people uh, from that generation making films for... Very young people, and that was working for a while. The problem was, is, is that then it burnt out. Yeah. It burnt out, and by you know 1970, there's a television in every household. Baseball is like the pastime, and movies are having a harder time um, competing. With these other mediums. And at the same time, American movies are getting better, you know? And it's like, the Japanese are very into Japanese movies. Just like we in America are into American movies. Or people in India or Nigeria are into their own cinema, you know? People in Turkey
0: are into Turkish Star Wars.
1: Yes, exactly. So, uh, but, the quality of films because of attendance uh, shortages and disinterest... Uh, led to more American films coming to Ameri- uh, coming to Japan. And whatever Americans were doing was so crazy, like, even their, you know, even Oshima and the other directors, like, couldn't compete with that. They just couldn't compete with, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and, like, many of these other movies. Like, because the producers wouldn't, like, give... Um, the, the free range. The free range, you know. As I mentioned in previous episodes, Kurosawa went, like, crazy. He, you know...
0: But by the time you get to like the early seventies, you got Lone Wolf and Cub,
1: which yes. is like
0: extremely violent.
1: And on top of that, it's based on a manga series, so it's like okay, well, this already has an audience, right? So we know it's it's the same thing with like I guess the Marvel, and uh, you can count DC as a franchise at BBS, this point. BBS DOJ BBS DOJ BBS uh, colon DOJ. You know, it's like well, we know we're going to get a return on this because there's already a there's an established right. uh, market for this. But what I say is
0: like you know, around nineteen seventy is that when the loosening of the reins yeah. happened where they were just like
1: fuck it. And Nikatsu is making Roman and pink films. Like these are like corporate produced softcore pornography films that are put out into theaters so like openly advertised.
0: Yog Monster from Space is is definitely like the last time where they're just like, we're just gonna do the same thing that we've been doing since nineteen fifty-six yeah. again and but it's it's the, the diminishing returns and, like, everyone's exhausted. And it's just like... Yeah. Plus, that, Ultraman
1: and all these other things are on television. It's like, why would we pay to go to a theater when we could watch, you know, Ultraman or his yeah. own fighter with commercial breaks and it's, it, on it, it television? Is,
0: it is fascinating to see that, you know, you've got Gizora in this movie that is, as we said, a, 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 a kiss-lipped cuttlefish. Yeah. Um, and... You know, you have a squid in, you know, War of the Gargantuas. You have a squid in King Kong versus Godzilla. And it's a real squid. Yeah. It's like they just got a squid. An octopus. octopus. They got an octopus. And they just had it on the set. And, you know. Yeah. Just, it did its thing or whatever. And then they ate it. Yeah. And And then Tanaka had it prepared as his dinner afterwards, you know. And, like, it's interesting to see that, like, now in 1970, not even eight years later, you've got... Gazora, who's just like clearly a man in a suit but almost to a comedic level where it's like Gazora looks ridiculous yeah. like almost to the you know and that's the thing that kept me from watching this movie for a long time is that like it's offensively it, it does look like an opponent of Ultraman. Yeah. Like the the, the 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 just the level of detail and the quality and the believability on the suit design is not there. Yeah, the least.
1: lobster and the turtle look pretty the lobster, good. I, and but, I would
0: say that the stone crab or ga- yeah. Ganymes, Ganymes is a superior design to something like Eberra. Yeah, like, like it's actually an improvement on it. Yeah, Eberra. it's
1: got like a, a beautifully uh, w- you know, beautiful maw you know, kind of uh, <laughs> working in with the, yeah. the 70s. Uh <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh. um, oh yeah, the the maw on gaming is definitely it's definitely completely unshaved, um. But so I mean, we'll we'll get into the the plot, uh, you know, as it exists. Yeah. Like basically, Akira Kobu is a photographer for a newspaper in Japan. Yeah. And he witnesses, it starts off with this really awesome shot of, like, the sun. And, like, it pulls back and there's, like, a, a rocket ship. And it takes off. And um, it goes into space. And you can see, like, the shuttle part of it detach from the booster rocket. And then this sort of bluish sparkly cloud kind of in space kind of goes into the the um the shuttle portion of the ship and uh-huh. then it turns around because it was headed for Jupiter like some voiceover tells us it was going for Jupiter but yeah. then it makes a beeline back to Earth yeah and uh, so it never makes it to Jupiter this this thing this space amoeba if you will uh, infects it it was and it's unmanned yeah we should, we should uh, note that as well there's no one on board um so that comes back to space the spacecraft crash lands to Earth while Akira Kobu's... Looking out the wing of the plane, yeah. Uh, well Tetsuo Tori is looking out the wing of the plane, yeah. And uh, I'm just, I'm just going to assume it was Tetsuo Tori, you know. And he, uh, like, he sees it. He's the only one who sees it. Much like Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet, he's the only one who sees this thing going yeah. on by the wing of the plane. And coincidentally, no one believes. No him one also. believes
1: him. But coincidentally, he like uh, was able to figure out like. Where it landed, and apparently it landed on this island that his friend, uh, or friend, his philanthropy friend, is, yeah. is, you know, is uh, kind of a...
0: Dr. Maya. Yeah. Who's also played by Yoshio uh, Tsuchiya.
1: He yeah, re- um, real... does not
0: get possessed in this No, way.
1: but he is into real estate, and he insists, like, oh, well, I have to go to that island a well, a- as well, because uh, even though there's already a native population, I want to uh, right. make money. It's an incredible coincidence, yeah. because Tetsuo Tori's, like, trying to say, hey, assholes,
0: I saw this uh, space sh- shuttle, which I guess has been missing, but they didn't really cover that that much. Yeah. Maybe, I guess he mentions it in the voiceover. We saw the English dub version crashes and so he's like the this for his his buddy dr. M- M- Maya like corners him is like hey you should go to this island to take pictures of it and also the egg guy from monster vs. Godzilla guys always, always eating hard-boiled eggs yeah he's there too and sort of commissions him to be like go yeah. take photographs because he's a photographer so, yeah so it's like but, but, he's but, the editor he's and, moved his and, way yeah to edit and here. he shows him the point on the map it's like this is the same spot where this space sh- shuttle crashed or whatever, which is like a pretty amazing yeah. coincidence. Uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we have a giant kiss lip cuttlefish. Yeah, it's fine. So, Guess of death. So they go to the island along and with uh, Japanese Sybil Japanese shepherd? shepherd. Who has a
1: crush on uh, the, the photographer mm. guy? Yeah. For. For no reason, she just wants to be introduced immediately to him.
0: And for some reason, Kenji Sahara, who's clearly evil...
1: Yeah, uh, he's got a goatee.
0: Yeah, he's got a goatee, and he sort of gets into the group as well. Uh, And he's a guy named Obata. So they get to the island, and earlier we see a scene where a couple of guys are going out fishing early in the morning, and one of them gets uh, snatched by uh, Mm Gizora. And it's a very sort of, it wouldn't be a very terrifying scene if Gazora wasn't so fucking ridiculous looking. <laughs> it would be a very effective scene. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's off-putting, and they get burns where well, Gazora, you know, it's like a, a squid. <clears throat> it's a cuttlefish, so it's got tentacles, so wherever the cups from the tentacles land, they get these burns, because yeah. it's absolutely freeze, burn. freeze, burns. freeze exactly. burns.
1: There's another connection, out of space. Yes, yeah,
0: there you go. Uh, and basically, so one of his friends, this guy on the island, is the two of them. One of them gets eaten by Ghazora, so the other guy's just shell shocked and basically becomes Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse Now. <laughs> as soon as the other, the main guys get to the island, he's like, "We have to get out of here! You don't understand, man! It's like it's like totally deadsville here, man! It's over! It's like you know." Uh, so like they're on the island for five minutes. They drive to a cave, uh, like geyser water comes out. The geyser of water, geyser of water with some watch. special effects comes yeah. out, and like the guy's friends watch gets spit out of the water, and he sees him like, "That's it, man! Yeah. I'm out of here!" or yeah. whatever. And uh, then, he, like the you know Japanese Dennis Hopper uh, abandons. The main cast in this cave just grabs the jeep, drives back to their with the camp. With the native friend. With the native friend. And then they are immediately attacked <laughs> they, by like, the cuttlefish. Yeah, Gazora, like, bullseyes this guy. It's like, oh, he's the most afraid of me? Okay, I'll kill him specifically. Yeah. And uh, kills him and, and, and throws the, the native guy It was about... going
1: to kill him, but there were bats nearby. Oh, yeah. And their uh, echolocation... Uh, yeah. You know, the high-pitched screeks of the bats, like, scares yeah. the, the cuttlefish away.
0: So they, they notice that, and, and this guy, the guy who lives is sort of in a trance. Yeah. And so he's, like, out of
1: it for a while. Yeah. and Even though he's about to get married, I think yeah. it's, you know, cold Which speech. I think they
0: should have called that wedding off. And also, there's, like, a tribe on this island where they sort of dial back the, the weird, like, uncomfortable Toho blackface yeah. face makeup to a... Still not a tolerable level, but you can see there's it's starting to click in their heads that maybe this isn't the most socially acceptable thing to be doing. Yeah. Uh, so they're like kind of they're dialing it back from the shameful levels of like Mothra, where it's just like <laughs> not great. Yeah. Um, but like, and they definitely they have like the tribal dance music, and it's absolutely just the music
1: from King Kong versus. Yeah. Godzilla. It's like they mix that and the Mothra music. Like yeah. you can hear no, both. But Aims it's like slightly, yeah, it's like
0: slightly different or whatever, you know, Fuku did the score. A, f- a Fuku bait at this point, Yeah, That's exactly. What it is. Uh, he was just picking up a check. He's just like,
1: eh, I don't do know. 12 of these
0: a year. It's like, yeah, don't bother. Fuck you, don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, basically, the, um, the, Gizora shows up not too long after this and like, destroys the native village, and there's sort of a chase that ensues, and eventually, um, they end up, like, burning him with, like, a, like, they lure him into a, like, a field that's got a bunch of gasoline, like, yeah, they
1: find gasoline, they also end up, like, the natives have, like, guns, apparently, and then they find out that there was, like, a munitions dump there, Leftover when the Japanese were on the island during World War II. So there's all this, like, leftover ammunition. There's this half-ass, gas. like, they have to scientifically explain why fire hurts us It's like, yeah,
0: we get it. Fire hurts everything. Yeah. Fire hurts the thing. Fire hurts aliens. Yeah. Like xenomorphs. Yeah. Like, fire is the go-to weapon against any yeah. opponent. Don't explain know? it. Just go with it. It's, it's like, fucking we get it. No, no, they have this, like, laborious thing where the doctor's like, well, you see, because this monster from space is very cold, that's why fire hurts. It's like, no, it's because it's fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fire's everywhere. So after that, you know, diatribe, after that harangue of, of, of science talk, of which there's a lot of jumping to conclusions in this movie, um, they, they sort of burn up uh, Gazora, and he's, like, got a bunch of weird, like, burns on him, and he kind of scuttles back to the bay and just sort of, Plops over, yeah, uh, and, dies. and dies, and it looks like the guy inside the the Gizora suit,
1: yeah, just had a stroke, yeah, and just fell into the water. Just, mention, there was there was a small earlier sequence in the water where they oh, are right. attacked, but the dolphins come, and because echolocation again, their their high pitch screech, then it it lets them go. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyways, so, moving on, Gazora
0: gets burned. <laughs> And then the evil transfers into a little stone crab. So then you get Gammies.
1: yeah, G- or Gamimus. gamimas, and he wreaks havoc. And he's yeah, so even he's like after the they shoot out both of his eyeballs, yeah, and he looks like you know fucking Oedipus, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oedipus crab. And uh,
0: again, they kind of lure him into this area where there's conveniently like a whole bunch of gas cans, yeah, and then. Tetsuo Tori shoots the gas cans with a rifle. That again, the natives have stockpile of all these weapons, but I guess they don't know how to use them. Yeah. But they know that bullets go into a rifle, but they don't know enough to put the bullets into the rifle. So they're like, here. Here's the rifle There's and rifle. here's the bullets.
1: So he blows up the crab and, uh, you know, which is good because, you know, those natives are going to eat for, you know, months. That's, I know, that's yeah. like, if only there was uh, like
0: tragically, a... Tragically, the next monster is not a giant uh, um, cheese... Cheddar biscuit? Cheddar biscuit. Yeah. Because <laughs> then if they blew that up, they'd have unlimited crabs and unlimited cheddar biscuits. <laughs> They could eat great on that island. then it'd really be an island paradise. <laughs> that reminds me I have to go to Red Lobster tonight. Mm. <laughs> Would you like more cheddar biscuits? Of course, I want more cheddar biscuits. How dare you even ask that? The second I fucking come into a red lobster, you should start bringing me cheddar biscuits by the bushel.) <laughs> Not just that little tray with, like, three cheddar biscuits. I want eight cheddar biscuits by my side at all times. I'm sorry. That was that was uncalled for. So then they blow up the crab. And then, uh, I guess... The so, evil
1: goes into... It, it goes into Kenji Sahara. Yeah, and then... We don't see it go into a turtle, but apparently it has. And it also goes into a turtle. It also goes into You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm making the jerk-off motion right now because I know you can all see me through the magic of podcasts. Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah. So, they've got the problem where a uh, guy that's already been nefarious has now been possessed.
0: Well, it, yeah. And, and, and the, the guy who was assaulted before but survived the initial Gazora attack uh, snaps out of it, and he's like, the bats are what drove it away. Yeah. So the scientist guy's like, oh, it's sound waves. And so they go to, like, capture the bats. But then evil Kenji Sahara, Obata, hmm. uh, like, kind of comes around. And they all thought he was killed by, by uh, game needs. Yeah. But he comes back, and he's like, hey, guys. Uh, so you're, uh, you're all sort of... You know these these uh, these bats are all kind of important to you now. All right, I yeah. see. Uh, I see. What's, he's acting extremely suspicious. Yeah.
1: it's like <laughs> it's like the cast members all know it, and there's a point where he eventually reveals himself, and he's got like eye lighting, like you know Bella Lugosi. Yeah, where it's like this man is evil. Right. Um, and he shows that he's got matches that to save the bats, they all put like doors. Right, makeshift doors over the caves where the bats in there. Uh, that do not if look they, like slept, they could contain bats. Yeah, if right, like right. they slept with the bats and let their guano uh, drop on them, somehow that would uh, prevent uh, big turtle from killing them.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, anyways, well, that. Ends up leading to their possible downfall because he then is like, "Oh, all of the bats are trapped, and I've got you know four matches at once, and even the pleas of Japanese civil shepherd aren't enough to make him right. turn good enough to right. not light the matches." And he
0: definitely feels conflicted. You yeah, can tell from the from the mood lighting on his face. Uh, but like, you know, he goes through. Well, they they, they tackle him, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He sets the things on fire, but then they they the good side of him wins back. And yeah, he takes the thing. He takes the doors off the cave so the bats can escape. Yeah, and the bats the, fly around. The bats around. fly around and they fly around the heads yeah. of a resurrected uh, Gamings, Because remember, he blew up. Before, yeah, so, now so there's another bat. one. There's, an, there's, there's just another. There's another one. He went there's into so another crabs. crab.
1: Yolo. Uh, <laughs> and then
0: Kamebas, and basically, essentially, it just goes like the bats fly around their heads yeah. to like. Free the Psychic Break from the aliens, which is still inside them. They are the aliens. So you got a Mata Mata Turtle
1: versus a a Stone Crab. It's just so they can fight. It's just so that (laughs) way they can fight. And it's, like, good. Um, You know, it's not like Gamera or even Godzilla. Like, none of them have any superpowers. They're just big and uh, more mobile than they should be. Pretty good fight. And they both end up in a volcano, uh, which is a shame because that means even less lobster, and a delicious potential turtle soup. Yeah. You know, turtle soup for days.
0: And then... Uh, And so they fall into the uh, volcano, and then uh, Kenji Sahara, a.k.a. Obata, he now freed of the alien Link, I guess, but still just throws himself into the volcano. Because he has a goatee. Because he has a goatee. Goatees (laughs) are evil. And then... And then a ship, like a cruise liner, pulls up and is like, "Hey guys, anyone need rescuing?" Yeah,
1: <laughs> and they're like, "Yes." As a matter of fact, we do. Yeah. So, and then the end. Yeah, the best special effect <laughs> in the film is when the the end uh, right. s- sign appears. So that's Yog Monster from space. Ooh, oh boy, yeah. Oh, uh, indigestion setting in. It happened. <laughs> it happened, uh, not enough cheddar biscuits.
0: Um Yeah. Some good music by Fuku Bay, some interesting monster action, but this one's
1: really for the for the boys. The heart the bats. <laughs> uh among us. Yeah. We're we're not at the uh juggalo kaiju right. levels. We uh <laughs> so I guess we should say
0: uh first of all thank you for everyone who came out to um our live show on April first. Uh we did Mothra at the uh E Street Cinema in Washington DC. Yep. And we had a pretty good turnout there. Okay. And uh well, first and second. We did uh, you know, had some jokes and, and watched uh Mothra and it was pretty awesome. Um we'll keep you posted if we're gonna be doing any more of those live shows around the country and, and indeed the world, you know, internationally. Who yeah. knows? Uh what the future holds. Flint, Michigan. Um, but thank you, everyone who came out to see uh, see that and support us. Um, also, I guess we should mention that the Godzilla Resurgence trailer came out. Yes. Um, Godzilla is sporting his sort of new, yet sort of, in a way, ultra retro. Yeah. Because his, his look in this movie looks like they took the initial design... From the first Godzilla movie where he's like horribly scarred. Yeah. Uh, that they then toned down yeah. for, for that film and just said like, nope, that's it.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's what he looks like. It's from the director of Attack on Titan, which is yeah. a show with uh, or, or be, the, the movie version of a show with a kind of similar apocalyptic themes. So yeah. uh, while I'm not, um, you know, well versed in Attack on Titan or have like any interest in uh, reviewing Uh, those films it is uh, you know important that that is a cultural uh, phenomenon it happened it's part of pop culture now right and I think uh, overall this is probably the most appropriate choice of director to do a Godzilla film especially one where uh, it looks like there is no god but Godzilla
0: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah a lot of people have been saying that his tail is too big Uh, and yeah his tail is Larger than there's ever been
1: But the Uh, thing is What what really matters, and we can't stress this enough, is that uh, no matter what the trailer looks like, no matter what his tail looks like, it's really going to depend on the characters right. and how they... And the story. Re- yeah, and the story, and how they react to Godzilla. Right. It's like, it It could be great, it could be terrible. Uh, we, we don't w- know that much about it. Yeah, but we will review it when it comes out. When, when we can get when there's a, a, a good translation right. of it, we'll exactly. be reviewing it. So our
0: interest is is definitely peaked though yeah. uh, seeing him in action and definitely some some menacing looking shots and stuff and and using his size to to maybe in a way that hasn't been used for a while um, you know to sort of kind of impose dread which yeah. you know let's not forget the original godzilla was
1: was also a horror movie. Yeah. So let's, you know, with serious, like political, uh, un- right. and social undertones. Right. So let's, yeah, you family know, drama that is, Godzilla can be many things. Yeah. It can
0: be final wars and it can be, you know, Dora. Um, but it can also be deadly serious. So, you know, let's reserve our judgments until we actually see yeah. the finished film. I think is uh, it's important to keep in mind. Um, but I'm excited for it. Uh so you've been listening to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Um you can listen to us on Podbean, you can listen to us on iTunes where you can subscribe for free. And uh R-E-E. we've done forty-seven episodes. This mm-hmm. is the forty-seventh episode. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, rate us, comment. Um, uh, we've got our Facebook page. It's the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Still got that Twitter account. Um, which is michael kelly at godzilla pod war um and you know i guess thanks thanks everyone for for listening and um we'll be back at it uh fi- final thoughts nathan on either of these films or just anything in general you'd like to, to say or whatever
1: uh, you gotta see them to believe them. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah, I will yeah. say that Yog
0: Monster from Space, at least at this time, late April 2016, is available on Vimeo, uh, in very high quality. Yeah. For free. If you just do a cursory Google search, you can watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, and
1: I, you probably should, because yeah. it is, it is crazy. Yeah. And if you watch the original trailer, they don't even know how to sell it. It's like a comedy yeah, it's like the the trailer. It, it's like a I don't know, like a Torosan film. It's yeah, just like uh, again, you
0: know, it's that that sense of exhaustion. Just yeah. like we throwing up our hands and we yeah. don't know. So, um, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Good fight. Good night. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs>